The MX Vice Show. Welcome to the MXY Show, episode 69, Lewis's favourite number, Fly Racing, Liat, Planet Motor Holidays, Prox Racing Parts, Technical Touch, KYB, Even Strokes, MXGP TV, Backyard Design UK, Asterisk, Arma and Blenzel Oils are all the sponsors that help put this show together. Part 1 presented by Fly Racing. Fly Racing's redefined expectations in safety and performance with the Formula Helmet. Tested on the most advanced equipment in the world, the Formula Helmet's overall performance is best in class in both high-velocity crashes as well as rotational and low-speed impacts. Featuring Rayon technology, Conehead EPS, and a 12K carbon shell, the Formula's Advanced Impact System, AIS, introduced a new approach to both protection and weight reduction. Weighing only 1,290 grams, we believe the Formula to be the perfect combination of industry-leading innovation and ultra-lightweight design. Simply put, the Formula Helmet has changed the game. Speaking of changing the game, welcome to the show. MX Vice Editor, Lewis Phillips. How are you? Yeah, I'm great. How are you? Uh, perfect. Absolutely great. Episode 69. Yep, just a number. Get over it. Just a number. Uh, you sad, sad little man. Wow, what, why are you calling me little? I don't know. Same reason I called you sad. That's really You're harsh. Damn, okay. Uh, on that bombshell, uh, we have Blenzel Performance of the Week, Leah Asvice Anything, Planet Moto Bombshell of the Week, and Armour You Smarter Than a Birth. So, action-packed show coming up, but let's get this out the way first. Shall I just leave you to it, Ben Watson? <laughs> um, do you want to do your order board is, thing? Because that no, seems to have gone down quite I, well, well on Twitter. <laughs> I, I don't know. What, should, well, do you want me to play the full spiel? Do, do it, because people okay, seem to want on. it. I don't I know what's wrong with people. I wasn't ready for this. Give me a second. Platform one for the 1225. Watson Wagon service to Russia. A trolley service <laughs> of drinks and light refreshments is available on this train. This train is formed of 10 coaches. Oh, <laughs> wow. It's just an experience. As I mentioned last week, it's just an experience. What I'm going to be doing by popular request, is I'll be doing a separate podcast called The Watson Wagon, The Director's Cut. And I'll just break down that soundbite for you and how I put it together, where I got my inspiration from, the highs, the lows of the experience, and just, like, everything about it. Director's Cut. It's going to be great. So, listen to me. Uh, I'm listening. I am on this... You... 
nicest way possible, you're not bringing much to this podcast. Right? In, in, <laughs> in, the for- <laughs> in the form of information, you're not delivering much. Right. Okay. You're probably wondering why that's come up. <laughs> yeah. So, so far, you've called me small, old, and I'm basically I'm saying I'm, I'm just a useless, uh, you know, just sidekick. Yeah, well, so, <laughs> that's, so <laughs> that's my job. I ain't just here making wild claims with no reason, for no reason. I knew this was coming. I, I am just like, listen to me, people. You could, you would have, you all would have, you wouldn't have been surprised if you just listened to me. I wish I got the sound. I should have got the soundbite that I used on my Twitter, shouldn't I? What what soundbite was that? Uh, you all laughed at me, but I have to say, you're not laughing now, are you? Wow. No, um, true story though. I, I I went to Belgium. I watched every MXGP rider bar Caroli Prado. I think uh. Bar Caroli Prado Fevra, I'm pretty sure I saw every single MXGP rider ride. I saw that Ben looked fucking good. And I came back and I delivered that message, but people chose to ignore it. And you know what, people? We're full. I've talked about this Watson Wagon many times and said that there's a limited seating. There's COVID. We've got to honor social distancing. We're not a crazy wagon. And we're full. So all you people, just try to jump on now. I'm sorry. You're too late. So, you didn't go the weekend, but you did spend the money and uh, watch it. Yes, I couldn't resist. I couldn't resist. I start. You know what? Ling was the first preseason race that actually got me excited for MXGP. I don't know if it's because MXGP's closer now or something, but I was actually like, I'm actually like feeling this. Like you, know what I mean, like I actually was like. Because I woke up and I had this like sense of like anticipation, and I was like, "Oh, like this is actually like general excitement." Like whereas the Italian championship and stuff, like I never really had that. So yeah, yeah, I paid the money. I'm glad it. you're happy. Glad I did because I needed to see this with my own eyes. And uh, have you spoke to Ben since? No, but I mean, I keep meaning to. I was going to message him on Sunday night, and I was like, everyone else is, so I don't want to pile on. He knows I'm there. And kind of, you are the original, aren't you, really? Yeah, exactly. I don't need to. I, like, I was like, I was, I was going to message him. And I was like, well, he's probably had like a thousand messages. And I was like, everyone knows I'm on this wagon. I don't, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not going to, I'm not a hanger on at this point. I'm there good and bad days. But um, I'll tell you what the most impressive was. Most impressive was, we all know Hurlings is quite a fast rider. Correct? Yeah. He's, he's pretty decent, yeah. Even if he wins a moto by five seconds, it's often where the fa- in the fastest lap category where he really like makes his mark. And the fact that in the second race, uh, Hurlings had the fastest lap, as as most would have predicted, but it was only 0.001 faster than Ben's fastest lap. That was probably the most impressive thing to me. And actually, the second moto was more impressive than the first, even though Ben didn't win the second because okay, Hurlings passed him. After Ben like gave put up a good fight for seventy five percent of the race, probably Hurlins passed him, and then at that point you're like, oh okay, it's been a good day. Like Hurlins is in the lead now, off he goes. But Ben didn't go anywhere. Ben just sat there behind him. Like Hurlins actually pulled away, and Ben actually closed back up on him. And I was like, well, holy shit, 
this is even better. This is more impressive than winning the first race. Now, this is where people get confused because people are now going, oh, yeah, but you can't say Ben's going to win the world title. It's like, no, no one's saying that Ben's going to win the world title. Like, you've just because he battled Hurlins on this day doesn't mean that now, but doesn't mean that now we have to say, oh, well, Ben's going to win the world title. Don't do that because then this, this is where I think gets skewed and everything. But, and then everyone's other favorite thing is, well, Hurlins wouldn't have been at 100%. And it's like, no, okay, yeah, whatever. Yeah, it was his first race since September, blah, blah, blah. But say Hurlins was at 60%, which is low. I highly doubt he was at 60%. Um, I'd say probably 80. Say he was at 60%. On that, on that sand track, not many people can even keep him in sight when he's 60%, let alone run with him at ease. So credit where it's due, Ben was bloody amazing. There we go. Um, is that everything out of your system now? Because I just, just want to make sure... I just sure feel... So, like, my life is now, what would you say, not verified. My, my, like, my reason for being has been justified. Do you feel even worse now about the time that you did step off the Watson wagon? It's your favourite joke, isn't it? And I still don't really know what you're on about. Oh, oh, we know. People on the okay. inside, Sean, Wes, myself, Conway, the thing we is, know. The thing is... You've got we know the time when you doubted him, completely stepped off and left him on his own bus looking out the window, waving at you. And you were it's like, I'm off to McDonald's. The thing is, I think, I'm not sure anyone else could have run with Hurlins on Sunday. I'm not automatically thinking that if Geyser was there, he's doing what Ben did. That's, that's a big statement. Yeah, it is. And I wasn't going to say it. But I'm, but I'm not, I know I'm you're saying, high on Watson. But that's a big statement. I'm more saying, I'm more point, but I'm more saying that just to like, because I, I feel like people, like the, the popular thing now is to say that, oh, Hurlins was only 70%. But and yes, whatever. But I still don't, I still, like they were a minute ahead of Tommy Searle and Sean Simpson. That's in, that, you have to put that into perspective. They're, yeah, not, they're like, not hanging around, are they? They're like, and I've, everyone expected Hurlins to be a minute ahead of Tommy Sell and Sean Simpson, I'm sure. But I'm sure that people expected Ben to be 30 seconds in the middle of both of them. Like, that would probably... I, I would imagine that's what people probably thought they were going to get. You'd have Hurlins, the rest, and then in the middle of that, in the middle of those groups, you have Ben just floating in the middle by himself. So, yeah. That, the fact that they were so far ahead of uh, Tommy Sell and Sean Simpson, no slouch, uh, Adam Sterry, Dylan Walsh, like, three of those... Uh, one of those is two of those are racing MXGP this year. One of those, one extra of those raced it last year. <laughs> that, that got complicated if you can quite quickly. That. <laughs> yeah, that got really complicated quite quickly. <laughs> but no, it was, impre- I, it was impressive. But my biggest thing now is I don't want this to change expectations for this year. It, but it's going to. It's going but I don't, think it, I don't think it should. Because now, if Ben finishes seventh in Russia, I don't want people to go. That's a well, shit race. I don't want people to go, well, he didn't have hurling speed, did he? Like, I don't, I don't. Yeah, but that will happen. That's yeah, going to happen. Will, as I'm not chief... saying he's going to get seventh. I mean, if he gets seventh, that is what no, people are going to think. No, but seventh is a, if he, gets, if he goes seven, seven at the first round, fucking brilliant. That's amazing. But as the grand marshal of the Watson wagon, my focus is now shifting to like, don't 
change your expectations off of this race because that's unfair, I think. Because, okay, we now know how good he can be, but that doesn't mean that you now have to... Like, that doesn't mean that now a ninth or a seventh or a sixth is disappointing because those are... Yeah? You get what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So he has. Yeah. Yeah, nice. Good work. Good to see Hurlings back there. Was it first race since when? September 2020. Damn. That's a, was that eight months? Yeah, eight months. Yeah, uh, almost a full year when you look at it. Well, not off the bike, but eight months off of racing. It's a long yeah, it's time. Like you can barely remember the last time he raced. I actually meant to look it up and see if that's the longest he's ever had off. Did it bring actually, a tear this to your is, eye? This is, this is what I was going to... This is what I wanted to bring up. See, yeah, Hurlins was only at 70%, 60%. Sure, whatever. Hurlins raced a GP with a broken femur and still finished 10th. So... If you use that on the scale of relativity, I'm not sure what that kind of... No, I don't even know where you go. No, I know what I'm trying to say, but I don't know how to explain it. Hurlins was at 20% and still finished... Hurlins was at 7% that day and still finished top 10 in an MX2 GP. So even if Hurlins was at 70% at Ling, that's a very fucking good sign for Ben. Because when Hurlins was 7%, he almost finished top 10. Yeah. Yeah, well, well done. Yeah, we got there in the end. Thank you. So, obviously, good to see Hurlins back. Uh, like we say, eight months since racing. Is that going to be his only preseason race? I think he's doing Canada Heights. Okay. So, was that the week before Russia? Yes. Yeah, Canada Heights is the week before Russia, and um, Erne is a week. Uh, Erne is a week before Russia as well, and I think a lot of people are going to be at Erne. Oh, sorry. We might have to stop that because uh, I lost you. So, Did you? Yes. You, you, went, you, you actually just sort of left the building, went for a little walk down to news agents, got your can of monster and came back. What? Why? I don't know. Just cut out. What, for how long? A uh, good four or five seconds. Did you hear me say Canada Heights? Yeah. Got, heard you say Did you hear me say Erne? No. no it, sort of, it sort of came back as you were saying that. Oh. But there was like a delay. Well, that's odd. Yeah, really odd. Well, it looks like my time has come then. Thanks for having me. Um, yeah. Thanks. I appreciate you turning out this week. But no, Erne and Canada Heights are both a week before, Erne being the French Championship, round one. Uh, both of those are a week before Russia, and it seems like a lot of people are going to be at Erne. But it seems like Herlins will be at Canada Heights. Okay. What do you think he's choosing to um, run in the British Championship? Start money? Yeah, go towards another Lambo. Call a spade a spade. Yeah. Yeah, I reckon, what, 10k? Uh, I thought that, but I hear less. Really? Yeah. Did you see... Did you watch Tommy's vlog? N- no. No, Did I you didn't. hear... Oh, you should watch it, but just skip right to the end when he gets handed £100 for finishing fifth in Moto1. <laughs> because he comments that... Um, <laughs> 100 quid. He comments that that won't even pay for his fuel to get home. <laughs> <laughs> he also walked into the prize money room and the woman went, Ben Watson? And Tommy went, no, but I'll take his money if you like. It'll be a little bit more than mine. <laughs> Quite funny. I did, I did enjoy it. Yeah, that's good. That's good. Have you spoke to Tommy this week? Yes. Uh, what did he think about the weekend? He was very impressed with Ben. Was he? As, as we all were. 
Okay. He obviously didn't expect that coming. Choo-choo. That's all I've got to say, people. You should listen to me. Choo-choo. Choo-fucking-choo. Almost as if we want to give Ben the Blenzel performance of the week. Hmm. Do you know what? It's almost as if you have a bit of paper that tells you to give Blen the Blenz. Ben? Who's Bloody Blen? Hell. Who's that's, Blen? A, that's a tongue twister, <laughs> isn't it? Well, you're not fucking getting it, are you? Give Ben the ble- Give Ben the Blenzel performance. <laughs> performance of the week. <laughs> for over 60 years, Blenzel Racing Castor Oil has been the secret choice for many championship winning riders and engine builders. From top tuners like Terry Varner and factory-level riders like Michael Essie, who won the 2020 two-stroke world championship using Blenzel, nothing out-lubricates or outperforms Blenzel's full line of caster-based two-stroke oil. From the original green label caster to the 455 Ultra or the versatile god label, Blenzel has you covered. To learn more about Blenzel's rich heritage or to shop for Blenzel's full line of two-stroke and four-stroke racing lubricants, visit Blenzel.com and follow at Blenzel on Instagram. So, Watson. Without a doubt, Blenzel performance of the week. Well, uh, I bet you could sleep at night, could you? I bet Sunday, oh, I w- Sunday night you were just like, you know, just staring at the ceiling. I wish I was there. Would you have paid the £35 media to, to no. be there? I wish I was there as, with, a normal, with a normal media pass, so. Well, like a oh, free okay. one. A free one, okay. Um, I could have, well, I could have paid 20 quid to be a spectator. There's a, a lot of people were saying that. Um, there's a lot of, like, just random people there, media-wise. But Why? Who have you spoken to? Uh, just what people are saying on Facebook. Oh. So, um... I was going to say, it, you don't speak to anyone. No, in, in groups and stuff like that, people are kind of saying that they don't they quite understand it, how... And maybe they're, they're making some good money out of, of, of selling, you know, like maybe get 50 media people at 35 quid. 50, 50 media people? Fuck me. Where, where do you think we are? The United States? Well, I'm not saying that in the media. I'm just saying that any uh, you no, know, people still. going along with a the camera. If they're, willing to yeah. spend, if they're willing to pay 35 quid. Anyway, you're boring me. Yeah, I'm just thinking 10, 135. Yep, you're boring me. No, it's not 135, is it? It's 350. That's not a bad little earner, that. You're boring me. Seven hundred, fourteen hundred. It's like two grand. That's not to be sniffed at. Maybe I open a little. The fact that you think there would be fifty media people is absolutely obscene. But it's not, not media. Let's face it, are they? No, you're still like. Did you pay to watch? Did I pay to watch the stream? No, I was in. I was in a hot tub. Yeah, um, I can tell you from watching there was probably ten media people there, if that. Okay. Whatever. Just saying what I've seen online. Just. Calm down. This isn't catchphrase. <sighs> Got it about say you. What you this, see? I, I knew this is what was going to happen. See, you, you've come off of your, like, I don't know what it is. Your endorphins are, 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 are just in a different place because of Watson winning. Well, I'm not going to lie to you, James. The Watson and, wagon was a bit of a party bus on Sunday night. Yeah. And it, it <laughs> sounds like it's continuing. <laughs> <laughs> we, we were chugging along the wild Watson wagon. And then I was, as, as I say, as a grand marshal. I, I, was, temp- I was literally tempted to message Ben and say, can you come on the podcast? Because I think it's the only way. Imagine if you could have surprised, imagine if you just had him on it, but he wasn't, I didn't know he was here and he just listened to me say all this and then he commented on my opinions. Well, funny are, enough, let me, bring, quite, let me bring him in to you. Here's Ben Watson. <laughs> which quite frankly, are quite far. But well, still, like I say, the Watson wagon, Sunday night, we're all quite positive on there. And um, as the Grand Marshal, I was like, you know what? I'm going to, Let's make the most of this mood. So I got some strobe lighting going, got some smoke machines on board, and just let everyone have a jolly good time. 
The, the fact that you've actually given yourself a title is kind of worrying. <laughs> title? I made myself a name badge. <laughs> Where the fuck is Grand Marshal come from? Of all the things, I don't know, like event coordinator or something, I don't know, but Grand Marshal. I'm the most grandest person on this wagon. I'm the Grand Marshal. Here's something. Okay. A Grand Marshal is a ceremonial, military, or political office of very high rank. The term, blah, blah. Yeah, Grand Marshal is a ceremonial, military, or political office of very high rank. Yeah, I'm, I'm the Grand Marshal. Mm. I, wouldn't, I wouldn't mention anything political before going to Russia. So maybe you want to change that name tag of Grand Marshal uh, with that political meaning before you step on the, the plane to, to Russia. Because I don't, know, I don't know if you've heard, but in uh, Belarus, they just, uh, they just pulled a journalist off of a, a plane. So how are you feeling about that? That's fine. I, 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 just, I just want to make sure you're, you're happy with, um, obviously, you know, uh, the, the situation. They don't like journalists. What does it say on your media? Is it a photojournalist or just a journalist? Just journalist. Ooh. Ooh. Yeah, I was thinking that I maybe should have said writer or something. Yeah. Because journalist, like, that could mean the BBC. Journalist. It just, yeah. I'm, I'm just thinking very, very political. That is very political. And if you're Russian and you're listening to this, I would keep an eye out. He is a bit, yeah, I don't know what he does in his spare time. I mean, there's a lot of this talk about Watson Wagon, but it could well, I'm be... I'm a grand uh, marshal. Yeah. Yeah, that's political. Anyway, moving on. Well, let's wrap this up into uh, part one. Oh, what, really? Jesus, yeah. that was fast? Yeah, and then we're going to come back and we're going to talk all things MXGP. Or do you want to talk... Do you want to talk this may a little be a bit long more? show. Do you want to talk a little bit more about the, the, the British Championship? No, I was more thinking... Uh, I was, I was, it was in my plan that we were going to get some MXGP preview done before the first break. Because I'm just thinking this will be a long show. Okay. Um, but thanks for your input. Uh, as you probably are well aware, I'm the host. So well, I, I'm the Grand Marshal of the podcast, sir. No, you're a Grand Marshal of the Watson Wagon. <laughs> and the get, podcast. No, you need to get this correct. Uh, thanks to Fly Racing, Liat Planet Motor Holidays, Prox Racing Parts, Technical Touch, KYB, Even Strokes, MXGP TV, Backyard Design UK, Asterisk, Armour, and Blenzo Oils. Part one was presented by Fly Racing, who's redefined expectations in safety and performance with a Formula Helmet. Test on the most advanced equipment in the world, the Formula Helmet's overall performance is best in class in both high-velocity crashes as well as rotational and low-speed impacts. Featuring rail technology, conehead EPS, and a 12K carbon shell, the Formula's advanced impact system, AIS, introduced a new approach to both protection and weight reduction. When only 1,290 grams, we believe the Formula to be the perfect combination of industry-leading innovation and ultra-lightweight design. Simply put, the Formula Helmet has changed the game. We'll be back in five. You are listening to the MX Vice Show. Known for producing the world's most effective neck braces, Liat continues to evolve and can now protect riders from head to toe. No matter whether it is their new for 2021 4.5 boot, which offers advanced technology at a mid-range price point, or the all-new 7.5 helmet that comes with three Liat bulletproof velocity goggles, Liat has you covered. Shop Liat's extensive line of off-road gear on www.liat.com. Prox Racing Parts supply genuine replacement products which meet or even exceed OEM quality. All parts are manufactured to highest quality standard at state-of-the-art manufacturing facilities around the world. Hence why everything that Prox Racing Parts offer exceeds the high-level requirements that all motocross riders require. 
Many of Proxus parts are actually made by the same suppliers to the OEMs. Head to pro-x.com now to learn more. Evenstrokes is the newest e-commerce store in motocross. Built by motocross enthusiasts, Evenstrokes understands your need and offers all of the products you need for a weekend at the track. Shop now for Yoko, Alpine Stars, Fast House, and more at evenstrokes.com. Liat, protecting riders from head to toe. Check out liat.com for more. Fly Racing has redefined expectations in safety and performance with the Formula Helmet. Tested on the most advanced equipment in the world, the Formula Helmet's overall performance is best in class in both high-velocity crashes as well as rotational and low-speed impacts. Featuring Rayon technology, Conehead EPS, and a 12K carbon shell, the Formula's Advanced Impact System, AIS, introduced a new approach to both protection and weight reduction. Weighing only 1,290 grams, we believe the Formula to be the perfect combination of industry-leading innovation and ultra-lightweight design. Simply put, the Formula Helmet has changed the game. The MX Vice Show. Welcome back to the MX Vice Show, episode 69. Part two is presented by Technical Touch with an air oil separated closed cartridge design that is well known in the MX world. KYB factory kit suspension from our friends at Technical Touch was perfected on one of the toughest tracks in the MX GP series. You too can experience the best in suspension, like Jeremy Sewer and the fly in Ben Watson and close to home too. Visit https www.technical-touch.com forward slash KYB hyphen authorized hyphen dealer to find an authorized KYB by technical touch dealer in your country. Take your ride to the next level. Lewis, where are we going to start with this breakdown of MXGP? Uh, I think we'll go from top down. Okay, so we're going to go straight into having an argument over who's going to win the title. Well, I've, so I've, put, I've made a list. I'll start with this. I've made a list and I've tried to categorize the riders. So this is what I've come up with. Oh, you, you do this every year. Hurling's guys are Prado. Line, meaning category over. That I think those are the three favourites to win the title and most likely, right? Not Watson in there. And then, well, now actually, sorry. Sorry, above <laughs> that, above that line, Ben in his little category. Hurling's guys are Prado, favourites to win the title, line. Fer- and then Fevra Sua Caroli, because they are, they will be in the mix with those three, but I don't think you can say they are the favourites to win the title. So they're like kind of like a float. They're like, they're way like, they should be in that category, but if you really want to break it down, like the other three are more favourite. Then I've got Koldenoff in his own category because I really don't know where to put him. I don't know why. I just struggle with where to put him. And then after that, I've got Watson, Olsen, Jonas, Vlanderin and Evans in a little category because they are like the spoilers. Mm-hmm. They're like the riders. Like they can win GPs. They can get on the podium. They can do all of that stuff. Who knows? Like the sky's the limit, kind of thing. Like they will be the people. They will be, they will be the riders who surprise people. Proven exactly by Ling. That's already twelve riders. So that's already your top twelve. And then after that, I've got a category of Van Horbick, Bogers, Tonus, Nathan Watson, Steri, Monticelli, Jazakonis, and Lupino, which is a category. Not I haven't really got a name for. That's twenty. So that's 20 riders right there, right? Right, okay. Wh- wh- did you see Vlander and Mitch Evans? Yes, I did. Thanks for listening. Okay. That's 20 riders right there. And that's not including Guio, Tixia, Jacoby, Usland, Chervelin, Brylaikov, Petrov, Strybos, Van Donick, Servanen, 
Patrell Simpson. So one, two, three, four, six, seven, eight, nine. That's thirty-two riders, all who would be insult if if you said to any of those thirty-two riders at the first round you are going to get one point, they would be so insulted. And the real like, reality is, twelve of them are going to get no points. Mental. Mental. So. I'm glad we wrapped that up within about three and a half minutes. Uh, it seems like a bit of a short show this week. <laughs> I was just no, I was just breaking that down for you, and now we'll go back to now we'll go back to the very top. So basically, what you've done is again once 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 again you've controlled this by saying that this is the the, the grouping, and this is what I think, and no one else is allowed an opinion. Well, no, that's where we're going to go now. Okay. Would you like my group in? No, because you don't have them written down, so it would be a mess. But let's start at the very top. Hurling's guys are Prado. You agree that those are the three... Those are the three most likely favourites to win the title? Oh, I, I agree, yes. I agree. Fevra Sua Crowley can very easily win this title, but... Why are you not putting Coldenhoff in that section? What, in the Hurlings Guys of Prado section? No, 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 the one underneath. Because I've put him in his own little section, because I don't know. What the fuck have you got against him? Nothing. I just That's why he's in his own little section, because I think you can't put him in the Watson, Olsen, Jonas, Flander and Evans category, because he's too proven for that. But then he's definitely, he's definitely... Caroli, Sua, Fevra. Caroli and Fevra are world champions, and Sua's had two silver medals in a row. So I feel like you can't really put cold enough in that category either. So I've just kind of made him his own little solo category. Everyone else would be, everyone else would quite like that. Like little, who gets to live alone. Okay. Just feels like you're seg- segregating him. I'm more than happy to open that discussion if you want to move him. I, I, I definitely think he should be moved into that category. What? The Fevra Sua Caroli category? Yeah. I mean, I haven't seen his pre-season results yet. Yeah. (laughs) What, are you going to check out those Italian championship results from March when you get round to it? (laughs) Is he he actually riding at all? Like, racing? Yes, he has riding. Yes, he's riding his bike. Yeah, but is he he racing at all with any pre-season stuff? Yeah, he's done... He did... um, He did... Yeah, forget the Italian championship. That was like fucking 2020. He did Montevarchi. Lewis. Yes? Lewis, that was like 2020. I said said Montevarchi. Okay. What's he been that doing? was two weeks ago. Right, okay. How did you get on there? We, we discussed that on the podcast. Yeah. How, how did you get on? 3-2. Mm, okay. Well, Geyser went 1-1. So he's not going to... Like, it's Geyser. Yeah. Um, okay, I think you might be right with Cold Enough then. I just... Because I feel like I... I feel like it would be an insult is he still to taking, put him in a... Is he still taking time to gel with a bike? Oh, I don't know that. But we will find out very soon. But... I, feel like it, I felt like it was an insult to put him in a category of Watson, Olsen, Jonas, Flander, and Evans because they're kind of like the spoilers. And I feel like Coldenhoff's too established to be a surprise. Yeah. But then also, I felt like Fevra Crowley are world champions and Sue has got two silver medals. So like, you can't really put Coldenhoff in that category either. Mm-hmm. So very hard. Very hard. Yeah. So, but Hurling's guys are Prado. Is just... Oh my God. Is Coldenhoff's category... Would you say that, that that's an opportunity for him to, to get up to that? No, not at all. And I, you are, you need to, we, 
It was a joke. I'll see you in my office. It was a joke. No, I'll see you in my office. So last week we you, last week we offer we offer offer cuff did percentages. Everyone thought you were just mental. Well, uh, maybe everyone should get on board. I'm now going to give you a chance to rethink that. I can't remember what you said last week. Apart from Hurlings, you said hurling six. You said hurling sixty, Prado thirty, Geyser five, Crowley five. Because you're just ridiculous and shouldn't be on this podcast. <laughs> uh, I bring the fun to this podcast. That's not fun. That's just sad. You sad, sad little man. <laughs> I'm going to fucking punch you in the face when I see you, mate. Oh, having a, having a sip of your drink mid-conversation, are you? Yeah, I was having a little sip of my cup of tea while you're insulting me, tosser. Okay, I'll reflect on my 60, 35. Given that, Hurling's had trouble with Watson. Um, maybe I should. No, but I think that's even. I think that. Uh, don't look at Ling. Ignore Ling. No, no. I, I'm. I'm with everybody else. Watson's going to win the world championship now. I. I tell you what. what. If that happened, which obviously that would be a stretch, but who knows? I would look. Fucking like a genius. Do you know if if let's put it this way, right? If Watson like became like world genius. champion in his rookie year, you would combust. You would just literally, you know, like there was those pictures years ago of people like human combustion. You'd just combust, but it would just be like just sad, just, sad, 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 sad little man. Uh, it's not gonna, it's not gonna happen anyway. But anyway, your percentages: Hurling's guys are Prado. Go. I need it better than last week because that was disgraceful. Okay, uh, well, this is my hot or not, and uh, I'm going to go Hurlings 40, uh, Prado 30, and Guides are 30. Okay, see, that's better. Well done. That's, I, can, I, can, I can at least take that to the... I can at least accept that as a prediction. I actually think now that Prado is definitely going to become world champion this year. Oh, I, I'm still very much on Hurlins. No, I, I, I've got a feeling Prado. Like I say, I feel like I'm really underestimating Prado and I don't know why. But for some reason, something in my mind is making me do that. Even though I'm pretty sure last year, during the races, I was the one saying, oh, next year Prado's going to be ridiculous. Like, oh God, watch out now. There's a like, good that- chance he could have 30-odd hole shots. And he's going to stay out of trouble. And these are the actual words that you said to me probably like 15 podcasts ago. Yeah, no, that's what I mean. With, I don't know Prado. why I'm the one who's now, like, I was, yeah. I distinctly remember telling many people last year that I've got a bad feeling that very soon, as in this year, Prado's going to make MXGP a bit of a bore. Yeah. And it wouldn't surprise me if it's this year. And, and going back to what you said on previous podcasts, like, I'm not going to say I said it, but it, I'm giving you credit here. I think you're right in the fact that some of these tracks are not the greatest to pass on. And I think it, that starts all, you know, and it, when you actually look at that line at this year, you just said 32 riders. Prado getting those starts and getting out front away from trouble. That's huge. Yeah, and he, uh, the biggest thing is that his starts will just maximize his 
performance on days when he feels absolutely terrible, on the days when he feels absolutely shit, isn't gelling with a track, doesn't feel comfortable, basically wants to go home, a whole shot will mean that those bad days are a fourth or a fifth instead of starting 15th and then being a 11th. But I, I think this is what makes this year probably one of the most exciting is, is how deep the field is. But then when you look at... I, I am terrible at underestimating Geyser. Yeah, you are. I don't, I don't know why. I, I don't know why. It's ridiculous. And to be I, fair, so, so was I, but I... But my, so was I, but my opinion was swayed by the end of last year because the second half of last season, he was a million times better than he's ever been before. And I was like, okay, this is really something. Like yeah. this, this geyser is, uh, this geyser is a real thing. Yeah. Yeah. And, I, and I'm, I don't like, really... I think I said it on the podcast last year many times as well. The geyser at the second half of last year would have probably been 40 seconds ahead of the geyser from the previous year. Yeah. He was a machine. And, and that's, but, but it's like, are we going to get the second half guys that are in the first half of this year? That's it the almost, question. It almost doesn't matter as long as he shows up at some point, because as we've seen many times, it's a long season. So if you can just punch in the podiums and punch in the points in the first half, yeah. then that works out quite nicely if you catch fire in the second half. But I still think Hurlins win. See, I was going to say that Hurlins wins a majority of GPs this year. But then... Maybe that would be Prado because with Prado's getting starts. But then Hurlins, guys, are Prado, Sewer, Caroli, Fevra. All of those, none of those, I would say none of those riders are bad starters. I'd no. say they're all pretty. They, I wouldn't, I don't look at any one of those six riders and go, oh yeah, well, he gets shit starts. I, all of those riders get, obviously, Prado's exceptional and actually so is Caroli. And to be fair, Sewer's not too shabby either. But all of them get good starts around the top five and are like have their fair share of hole shots. There's not one who like just can't get out of the gate to save his life. But the one thing I would say is that with Prado getting the starts, it does put pressure on the rest straight away to kind of ride above to, tr- to chase him down and to keep up with him with that high intensity, you know, first five, 10 minutes of the races. So that's, that's when... I guess that's when people like, I'm, you know, say I'm wrong or whatever, but that's, that, that's when mistakes happen. And, and we've seen previous years of Jeffrey making those mistakes and, and unfortunately paying quite, you know, dear for it with not being able to continue the championship. No, because no, 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 no. Because his, his crash last year was on a slow lap in time practice. Like, that I'm not reading in. Uh, that's, that's so you not. Think, you think, you think, there's going to be nothing in basically Prado pulling a whole shot, pulling ahead, and then leaving it for everybody else to and chase him down. And that's, yeah, that's going a to great f- mistakes. Yeah, sure, but not like you can't really bring in Hurlins's previous crashes because his last crash that ruled him out was a slow lap in qualifying. It was a slow was a slow lap in time practice. So just the most weird turn of events ever. And the previous one was sighting lap in Latvia and Jazakonis clipped his ankle like so it wasn't even the crack it wasn't even a crash that did it. So you can't it wasn't like he doesn't his crashes haven't been when he's been under pressure and like they've just been weird, weird things, which is why I don't really see it as a problem of him making it through the season this year. I know, I understand why other people are like, well he just needs to stay healthy. But I'm looking at those crashes and going, well the chances of either of those happening again are so slim. True. 
True. I, yeah, I can't. I, I, it's going to be hard. I mean, you could say 30, 30, 30 across, but that would be boring. Across and that would also only riders. be 90%. <laughs> yeah. Um, and leaving 10% up for other people to get. Okay. Regarding GP wins, uh, who takes home the most GP wins from Hurlins, Prado, and Geyser? I think Hurlins. You still think Hurlins? Yeah, I would. I would almost go as far as to say. Are you going? Are you going on this like with the whole sixty-point lead he had going back to the start of last year? When well, no, just on everything. It's Hurlins. Like, mm-hmm. Look at GP. Look at the amount of GPs he's won. Look at twenty eighteen Hurlins. The amount of GPs he won. Look at the end of twenty seventeen. How many GPs he won? Look at everything. He won the first two rounds last year. He won Fienza. Did he win the Fienza before he crashed? I think he did. Pretty sure he did. Yeah, he did win the Fienza before he crashed because that was his ninetieth GP win. So, like, I'm just looking at his, like, if you want to go on a race-by-race basis, I am probably, I would definitely bet on Hurlins being that guy. I would go 7 out of 20 GP wins for Hurlins. That seems low. But at the moment, everyone's healthy. So you've got to, like, that's why these are going to be low. I would, I almost wouldn't be surprised if Hurlins gets 7, Prado gets 5, which makes 12. And then Geyser gets five. And then the remaining three are split up between Caroli, Sewer, and Fevre. That yeah. actually seems quite realistic. Seven for Hurlins, five for Geyser, five for Prado, and then three for the others to pick up the pieces. But that's presuming everyone stays healthy, which just won't happen. Because as I've said many times, MXGP has been in a horrible, horrible, horrible streak of riders getting hurt. And it's skewed the way that we, that everyone looks at a season because everyone's like, well, everyone's got to stay healthy. Because yeah. we've, we've had it drummed into us so many times over the last two years that there will be one man standing at the end of the season, which is shit. And I, I, don't, and I really hope that we have a good, solid season where at least a majority of people stay healthy because I think MXGP needs it to kind of like remind everyone that we can have a competitive championship. Yeah, agreed. Um, how many riders in that sort of top tier two brackets are going to take away moto wins this year? How many different moto winners do you, do you think we're going to see in MXGP? Given the caliber of riders we've got in, in, in you know, even down like cold enough, he's quite capable of winning a moto. I, I would put him down. Jeremy, I want. I want to. Yeah, Jer- yeah. The top. The Hurlins guys are Prado, Fevra, Sua, Crowley. They all win motos. Yeah. Like that's that's done. I would put Coldenoff on there. But I want to wait and see what he does on the Yamaha at the first two rounds because, like, the engine characteristics of a Yamaha are very different to the Austrian bikes he's ridden for years and years now. <laughs> and from what I hear, Coldenoff is a big bottom end guy. Um, which is a strength on the Austrian bikes. Uh, so I would wait to see what happens there. And also, but the thing is, what's, what's an Olsen Jonas Flandering Evans? I think I'd look at those as potential moto winners. But I, they, you can't have 12 moto winners in a season. I guess you can have eight or nine, no. though. So you can... Here's a question. Here's something I've been thinking about, actually. I meant to say it last week. The first 
three rounds are huge for Geyser. I believe. What, in setting his dominance? Nope. Just... So we go Russia, which is the hardest baked hard pack you can possibly find. Just hard, hard, hard pack. Matterly, okay, it's not hard, hard pack, but it's still hard pack and still like jumpy, a geyser track, you would say. And Majora, again, hard, hard pack, very geyser. So you would expect geyser to perform well on those three tracks. After that, we go to Kegums and Oss, which is where you would think Herlins is going to just wipe the field, you would think. I know he didn't really do that in Latvia last year, but all being well, you're, you're sat at a table, you would bet Herlins is going to win those two rounds. So if Herlins also wins two of the three, first three and then goes into those sand tracks, I think he then starts to break away after five rounds. If Geyser can get ahead of, get ahead of the game a little bit on the hard pack tracks, then that will kind of counteract that and then like, it doesn't really matter. So I think I will be watching Geyser specifically at the first three rounds with that in mind, thinking he needs to, he needs to like crack on early here. Especially because after Osh, you've got Lockett, which you could say is a Geyser track. The funny thing is, we've like, a lot of these tracks, we've just never seen Geyser and Herlins race together on at their very best. We just haven't. Like yeah. Lockett. Lock, we've never seen a healthy Hurlins and a healthy Geyser race around Lockett. We have no data to go off, at, go off of at all. It's mental. It's as if this has never happened before when we've been teeing this title fight up for a few years now. But after, so you go Kegums, Oss, Lockett, but then after that's Lommel. So that four race stretch, Lockett's never been good for Hurlins. Uh, not results wise, more just voodoo shit wise. But those four races are going to be a big a big four-week span for Herlins, I think. So I think Geyser needs to get ahead of the game at those first three rounds and kind of give himself a little cushion to play with. Yeah. You've obviously put some time and some thought into analysing this. I just wonder whether riders do as well. I mean... I, well, everyone, everyone is aware of a calendar. I'm sure that Fevra is, I'm sure that Fevra yeah, is you, looking at Russia and going, well, that's a track that I can start strong here. Yeah, I just, I just wonder whether the, like, these riders go into, into the season with a game plan. Or it's just literally take every race as it comes. I don't know. Never been in that position, so I'm just curious. Oh, haven't you? No. Oh, really? I just presume that you had. No, not even with Caution Club Championship. I've never, never even thought about, you know, this track's going to be this and this track's going to be this. And if I do well at this one, then maybe I can break top 10. I never thought about that. We'll do this a week before Russia. But right now, who would you say your top three in the championship at the end of the year is? In what order? Okay. Uh, we'll do this a week for Russia to properly stamp it. But right now, like things can change and you can think about it more. But right now, what would you say? What's your gut? My, my gut is... Um, my gut is... Prado, Herlin's Geyser. See, just hearing Prado first just makes me go... I, don't, I think... I think that it just comes, it just hits me as like a really, because it would be a bit of an upset. It would, wow, yeah, but it's, it's not an upset in a way of like no one thinks he's capable. It would be an upset in a way of, wow, the young kid's going to do it that early on, is he? Yeah. Like, oh, wow, the young kid really is going to just come in and do this, is he? Like, that sort of way, I think, is how I look at it. Yeah. 
I would go Hurling's guys are Prado, and I don't know why. That just seems like a very logical, safe bet for me. Yeah, I just think I just think Prado's another year on the full fifty. He's not coming in with the same injuries he had last year. Um, his preseason was pretty blighted, wasn't it? And then even when we had the break, well, and this he, is another, and he's going to be last... stronger. He's going to be fitter. He's going to be more accustomed to the two fifty, uh, four fifty. It's, it's and his potential scary. Last week I said about how like Herlins has had two rough years with injuries. So like in my mind, the way my mind works, I think to myself like that's not going to happen again, surely, because he's due a break. Similar to Prado. Prado had so many issues last year, whether it be collarbone, femur, or COVID. Also, Patrell's got COVID at the moment. Uh, oh, I forget. Prado had so many issues with collarbone, femur, COVID, that in my mind, I'm, a, I'm also like, well, Prado's due a nice, normal year. That's how my mind works. There's nothing to it. You can't predict that stuff. But no. in my mind, I'm like, Prado's due a steady year with no real issues like that. So. Yeah. Uh, do you know what? The reason why it's, we're, we're toying with this is because it is hard to call. You've got free riders. It, it, you know, you've got the, the, the up-and-comer who is just a freak of nature in Prada. You've got Hurlins, who's by far one of the best riders on the planet. And then you've got Geyser, who, I don't know why, um, he wins world championships. But like, re- really, when you actually break it down... Geyser should be the favourite. Well, yeah, on paper. On hands down, yeah. Hands down. As I said. He should be favourite. As I've said, we don't have, we have absolutely no data on Hurlins and Geyser battling for a championship together. No data. This, Hurlins might as well, like, they might as well both be rookies because we have nothing. Nothing. How do Hurlins and Geyser match up? Who knows? We have three races to go off of. Like, that's it. We have nothing. Similar to Prado, we have nothing. How does Prado match up with Herlins and Geyser? We really have nothing. So, who knows? It's all, this is the most, I feel like this is the most going in blind season ever. How do you think Karoli's last year? He says, potentially, but depends how competitive he'll be this year. I would bet, yes. But then depending on how things go, like if we struggle, if we don't really get fans in this year and stuff like that, I could see him going again to like kind of finish his career with fans. And, and Jeremy, has he got enough to be super consistent behind those top three or mixing with those top three, taking the odd win? Jeremy would be my biggest question mark in this group, but in a good way, because I think, I think he might have taken another step this winter from everything I hear and people I talk to I think he might have taken a step a little bit okay again and I don't know what that means as in I don't know how that will kind of show up in the races but if if you look at that second bracket of Fevra Sua Caroli Sua would be my pick as most likely to kind of be in that top tier yeah every single week and like that would be my pick more so than Fevre or Crowley. Yeah, I agree. We don't agree with much, but I agree with that. But then I was quite hot. But then Crowley won GPs last year, even though he was literally in the hospital every day. We don't, we, another thing we don't know, we have almost forgotten what Crowley's like healthy. We haven't seen Crowley healthy since Latvia 2019. 
That was a long time ago. That was June that year. So that's two full years ago. We have we have no recent memory of what Karoli's like healthy. All we know is that last time Karoli was healthy, he was giving guys a fits and actually won a majority of the races at the start of that season. So if he is actually healthy, which I don't think he's going to be 100%, I think his knee will be in a place where it's not as much of a complaint as last year. If, God, if Crowley is healthy, does that mean that he just slips into that 2019 form and then he just goes with like no, no troubles? To be fair, it's not, it's not a problem of whether Crowley can match the leaders, the leaders, quote-unquote, that top three. It's more a question of how bad will his bad days be? Because his good days were there last year. He matched them on more than one occasion, even, just, even though he was literally walking wounded. But his bad days were just nothing. There was nothing there, like seventh, and just you didn't notice him. And obviously that's just not going to work. Or will it? Or will those bad days actually be offset this year? Because there are so many good riders that everyone's going to have to have a sixth and a seventh. But then also, yeah, you add in those riders and Crowley's seventh in Lommel last year would have been a 14th, so. Hmm. Yeah. Ah, it's, it's just blows your mind. It blows your mind, the, the, the depth um, that there is. But there's no, there's no getting away from, given past seasons, given the intensity of the racing, given how much these guys are pushing, there's going to be injuries. Whether we like it or not, it plays a part in the championship. And, and in the, those top seven riders, you know, We've seen in previous years that, you know, three out of the seven are going to succumb to some type of issue. So I'll, that's, I'll read this that's again another to you. big, that's another big, big issue. I'll read this again to you. This is, again, this is based off of people being healthy. Like right now, everyone is healthy in MXGP. It's all good. So this is, this is what the start line looks like for Russia. Hurling's guys are Prado, Fevra, Sua, Caroli, Coldnoff, Watson, Olsen, Jonas, Flandering, Evans. That's top 12. That's 12 riders who are going to be there in Russia. So that's your top 12. And that's leaving out Van Horbick, Bogers, Tonus, Nathan Watson, Monticelli, Jazakonis, Lupino, Steri, Strybos, Simpson, Jacoby, Guiat, like list goes on. That top 12 is crazy. That's the fastest 12... Well, uh, here we go. Let's, let's see. Um, by comparison, at the first round last year, uh, 12th place... Oh, 12th place was actually Jazakonis, so we did kind of have this depth last year, but just a little less because... Well, eh, you could say it's kind of the same because we lost to Sow and Paul Ann, but we just replaced them with Olsen and Watson. But still, that doesn't make it exciting, does it, to say we had this last year? It's all new. Yeah. Crazy. Crazy. Although, if you do actually look at the results, if you do actually look at the results from Matali last year, it's much crazier than I remember because outside of the top 20 overall, you have Steri, Petrov, Vlandering, Strybos, Vandonic, Goal, Monticelli, Butron, Bobrashev. So that's what we're in for again this year. Just hope. And to be fair, that would have continued had COVID not basically made us stop. So, hopefully, we just that that streak continues this year. Yeah, and I think that's gonna 
I think for the first two or three rounds, you're just going to be looking at the 20 to 30 and you're just going to be saying, geez, you know, the riders here were not even scoring a point. There's going to be a lot of sad riders this year. Yeah. At the beginning anyway. Yeah. I'm just, it blows my mind. I mean, I don't want to go there, but I'm going to. This is, is this the strongest, strongest, most depth, like in-depth field we've, we've seen since MXGP's been running? I would say so, 100%. And like, like I just said, it's, it's small, sim- you could say it's similar to last year, but just added in Fevra's healthy, which he wasn't at the start of last year, Prado's healthy, which he wasn't at the start of last year, Crowley's healthier, and then add in Watson, who is now a very exciting rookie in the eyes of everyone, not just me. Olsen, yep. who's won preseason races. Jonas, who barely raced last year. Like everything. He might as well be a rookie. <laughs> yeah, he, he basically didn't show up last year. He was at the first two rounds, but like, forget it. I just think that even though the field, you could say that you can argue that the field is similar to last year, I would just say that everything is set up a lot better this year. Even going down further down the list to Sterry, like last year Sterry was on JD Gunnicks at the start of the year and it was an absolute disaster. Now he's actually on Hitachi on a proper team and like is in a good place. Uh, even going down to Vlandering. Vlandering last year, Geben were a disaster at the start of the season. Just an absolute disaster. Can you remember the, the start of last year? They had what? Vlandering, Covington and Lupino, wasn't it? And, and literally, was it Valkensvard? It just... It, it just looks so. It just looked like it couldn't get any any worse. Yeah, exactly. Well, but this year they're in a good place. So like every, it's almost everyone seemed like for some for what last year we came in with a deep field, but a lot of people had different issues. This year, that doesn't seem to be the case, and maybe that's because of we've had a seventeen year long off season. But I think we should leave that there. Next week, yeah, we too. will do MXGP part two and we'll break down the Coldenoff, Watson, Olsen, Jonas, Flander, and Evans group. Yeah. We've we, we done so well breaking down seven riders. <laughs> and then let's just let's go into questions. Yeah. Okay. Well, let's pop for a little break. Uh, huge thank you to the. Hello? My back is being Oh. I wondered what that noise was. I was like, have you just been shot by a sniper? Like, ah. My back just uh, spasmed. Maybe just explain to people um, what's currently going on, Lewis, because obviously it sounds a bit dodgy. No, I just jarred my back in the gym or something. I don't know. You didn't go to the gym. Have you actually been That's to the gym, gym this week? Yeah. Well, not. I didn't go yesterday because my back hurt. I'll Last week, day. then. Yeah, I'll go every day. Okay. Okay. Uh, do you actually do anything now, or do you just walk? No, around I in? stand there like a, for a laugh. Uh, well, I play with a vending machine. Bloody idiot! Well, I've kind of seen you in a gym, and you do a couple have of curls you? and walk around. When have you ever seen me in a gym? When we've been at GPs and we've all been. In when a have gym you together. ever? When, when, when did this ever happen? First of all, you don't go to many GPs, if any. Second of all, when. I never go to a gym at a GP because I'm very fucking busy and I can't imagine so I can't imagine that yeah. I would have gone into a gym and you would have been there as well. 100% it's me, Sean, Wes and you. I think even Conway might have turned up and done a couple of curls. All, all five of us went in the gym. All, first of all, all five of us haven't been to a GP 
in since in more than two years. So what are you trying to tell me that you you can actually lift more than two and a half kilos now? You underestimate me. <laughs> Next. <laughs> okay. Part two is presented by Technical Touch. Huge thank you to those guys. With an air oil separated closed cartridge design that is well known in the MX world, the KYB factory kit suspension from our friends at Technical Touch was perfected on one of the toughest tracks in the MX GP series. You too can experience the best in suspension, like Jeremy Seaver and Ben Watson, and close to home too. Go to www.technical-touch.com forward slash KYB hyphen authorized hyphen dealer to find an authorized KYB by Technical Touch dealer in your country. Take your ride to the next level. See you in a bit. You are listening to the MX Vice Show. Even Strokes is the newest e-commerce store in motocross. Built by motocross enthusiasts, Even Strokes understands your need and offers all of the products you need for a weekend at the track. Shop now for Yoko, Alpine Stars, Fast House, and more at evenstrokes.com. Known for producing the world's most effective neck braces, Liat continues to evolve and can now protect riders from head to toe. No matter whether it is their new for 2021 4.5 boot, which offers advanced technology at a mid-range price point, or the all-new 7.5 helmet that comes with free Liat bulletproof velocity goggles, Liat has you covered. Shop Liat's extensive line of off-road gear on www.liat.com. For over 60 years, Blenzel Racing Caster has been the secret choice for many championship-winning riders and engine builders. From top tuners like Terry Varner and factory-level riders like Michael Essie, who won the 2020 two-stroke world championship using Blenzel, nothing out-lubricates or outperforms Blenzel's full line of caster-based two-stroke oil. From the original green label racing caster to the 455 Ultra or the versatile gold label, Blenzel has you covered. To learn more about Blenzel's rich heritage or to shop Blenzel's full line of 2T and 4T racing lubricants, visit Blenzel.com and follow them at Blenzel on Instagram. Instagram. The MX Vice Show. Welcome back to the MX Vice Show, episode 69. I've now got that out of my system. Now it's time for Liat Ask Vice Anything. Liat, protecting riders from head to toe. Check out liat.com for more. Are you ready this week, Lewis? I'm ready every week. Uh, you said, and you're quite correct, that there, there is a, a few new people this week who have participated in uh, questions. Yeah, basically all new people, I'd say, apart from one or two. Mm. No, there's, uh, well, the... these, aren't all the, these aren't all the questions, obviously. I just take a couple. But, okay. Um... okay, okay. Uh, right, well, you ready? Yes. Okay. Known for producing the world's most effective neck braces, Liat continues to evolve and can now protect riders from head to toe. No matter whether it's the new 2021 4.5 boot, which offers advanced technology at a mid-range price point, or the all-new 7.5 helmet with the 360 turbine technology and free bulletproof velocity goggles, Liat has you covered. Shop Liat's extensive line of off-road gear on www.liat.com. I didn't know that Liat was a public trading company until I listened to the Dr. Chris Liat podcast. Oh my God, you have a real bloody like, obsession with this podcast, don't you? I learned a lot. I know, I can tell, because you've mentioned it to me about seven times. Yeah, I do you know that I did a Do you know that I actually did a podcast with Dr. Chris Liat two years ago that you never listened to? Do you feel like maybe you should listen to that now? I, I thought it wasn't a podcast. I thought it was, a, uh, it was uh, an article. It was both. I did a podcast and I took parts of it and made it into an article as well. Okay, so you actually recorded a podcast with him? Yeah. Two years ago at Lommel. Or are you telling me that you've you done an interview with him? That's, 
No, I did. It, it's on Spotify. MX Vice. Okay. Oh, then, then I will listen to it. He said to her, "Quote, quote." He says that these words aren't coming from me. He was. He said that it was a very good interview. Mm. That's what he said to, afterwards. Mm. So he was very impressed with my questions because I pushed. Well, it's a, it's a hot topic at the moment. Um, neck braces, and. Uh, I think that's probably going to come up in a, in a question over the next couple of weeks because it's being more and more talked about. It's like anything, isn't it? It's like anything. In, everything, everything is a hot topic in life nowadays. Everything's a debate. Everything. But, well, but you'll be pleased to know, Lewis, you'll be pleased to know that I have taken these things serious. I've taken my... Uh, obviously, I don't want to be injured for the podcast, you know? So oh, what yeah, I've done... For the podcast... What I've done is I've 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 now decided to uh, get a let brace. I'm actually going for a size in tomorrow. I have you know. You are going to show up, aren't you? Yeah, I'm. I'm, I'm deadly serious about wearing a net brace from now on. I don't, I'm not going to ride without a net brace. But we'll get to that well, another time. Let's questions. I've worn a neck brace. Fun fact: I got a Liat neck brace before they were available in Europe. And of course, you did. Uh, yeah, I did. I was on the way. I was on the holiday in New Zealand, and on the way back from New Zealand, we stopped in California for a couple of days to go to Anaheim One, and they were on sale in America. In America, Chaparral, I bought it from, and we all got net braces for a laugh. Not really for a laugh, just because we were like safety. Yep. And I then, can imagine Piney putting her foot down. If you're riding, so, you wear a net brace. So from that point, obviously, I was well young at that point. So it's always been second nature to me to put a neck brace on. I can't even remember a time when I wore without a neck brace just because it's what I grew up. Like, it's kind of what I grew up. Like, it's like putting a helmet on for me. Like, it's just part, like when I run through my little routine of like boots, knee braces, helmet, like neck brace, where's my neck brace? Like it just doesn't, it don't, I, don't, I don't even think twice. I've never even questioned like, questioned the fact that I'm actually wearing a neck brace. It's just such a part of my routine. I couldn't even imagine riding without a neck brace. It would actually like feels weird to think about it because it feels like riding it feels like I'm imagining riding without a helmet. Yeah, you're right. I am. Um, the crazy thing is, 12 years ago, there's a picture of me. What came up on Facebook, and um, I'm on a Suzuki, and I've, I'm wearing a net brace. And it's like, when did I stop wearing net braces, and why? And it's like, you're an idiot. It's like, yeah, you are. You know, I've got I to told you that for free. I got to get up every, you know, every, you know, Mondays. You got to get up. You got to do this, we've got to do the businesses. How the hell am I going to do that if I'm injured? Or, you know, you know, just, I don't even want to think about how bad it could be. So it's like, do you know what? Let's get back to basics. Let's get a neck brace. And be safe. So I want to do plenty more podcasts. I want to open up plenty more businesses. Not going to be able to do that, am I? On to the questions. Okay, at Braden underscore 212, should we be worried about Gertz after this weekend? Um, I don't have a panic button, I don't think. Uh, I don't, but I do have this, which will do. That is how I feel about Gertz after the weekend. Very shifty and like, ooh. So there was a French international. Uh, preseason international as as well as obviously the British Championship, a little tight little track like it wasn't really great by the looks of it. MX1 and MX2 raced together, but still, Gertz was not the best MX2 rider by any stretch of the imagination, and 
I am here to make a bold bloody prediction. Maxime Renault is the top Yamaha MX2 rider this year. Thank you. Thank you. Because Thank he seems you for to have, coming on to the bandwagon. He seems to have he seemed to do extremely well in France and I was impressed and Gertz was not Gertz um got beaten by Kader Wolf in one moto and like Kader Wolf's a good rider obviously like amazing but he's a rookie. Gertz is meant to be going for a title. So one thing I'm interested to see with Gertz this year is obviously he needs to stop crashing. I'm interested to see if in order to do that, his speed goes down a little bit. Because it's kind of, mm. it could be, like, it could be, it might not just be as, it might not be as simple as just not crashing. It could be a little lose-lose situation because he either continues to go balls fast and crashes or he doesn't crash, but because of that, he's going a tiny bit slower. And as we know, fractions of a second are everything in this game. Yeah. I believe that if you, if it was last week's podcast or the podcast before, I did predict that uh, Renault will be going for the championship. Uh, okay. Uh, and I, actually, I'm glad that you've now come aboard with. I'm not really uh, aboard. I'm not that invested. I'm, I feel happier. And I'm like, I'm the uh, Grand Marshal of a Watson wagon. I'm not really like, you can wave a Renault ticket in my face. I'm not really, I'm like, eh, no, you're right. I'll just stay here. No, I just. I mean, I'm like, it's a nice train. I can, I see what you've got there. It's a nice, that's a nice bit of equipment. I'd yep. love to come aboard, but you know what? I'm just going to stay here because I don't really care. Mm-hmm. Okay, whatever. Uh, but yes, should we be alarmed? I don't think we should be alarmed with Gertz. No, not alarmed, but I do. I am now starting to think that, hang on, this may not be as straightforward as I kind of thought it was going to be, which would be, it's going to be Vial versus Gertz. Gertz will be the best rider on Yamaha. No stress, nothing to talk about. Yeah, I, I kind of see it as though, um, I've got to be honest, I see it as a little bit. I think Viao, yep, yeah, is, is 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 looking good and everything else. However, I think it's going to be a case of MX2. It's going to be people taking points off of people all year. Uh, I don't think it's going to be a, a clear run for Viao to the title. I think Conrad's looking very, very good. Um, he, Conrad is looking like, good. Yeah, I mean, I don't think really good. Probably a bit early to talk about Conrad versus Viao, which is. It's kind of what you just no kind of no no no, but... I'm, I'm not, no I'm not I'm not saying that. All I'm saying is that I can see, um, I can see Viao getting a few fourths, fifths, uh, thirds, seconds, as well as you know him taking race wins. I, I can see that more this year with you know Gifting, uh, Renault, uh, Muse, uh, and in in uh, Benestan, Guadagnia. I think they're all going to be. Uh, Hoffer, Kate de Wolf, you know. Did you say beaten? Fucking hell, beaten, yeah. It's like, these. I think these riders are going to be all in the mix taking points off of each other. I think it's going to be a lot closer than it has been in previous years. Yeah, I'm not going to lie. My excitement for MX2 is probably at an all-time low. See, I, I, think, I think it's brewing to become a very, very good championship. Like, my interest in MX2 is definitely at an all-time low, probably partly because MXGP looks so good, but also because I'm just a bit like, eh, I don't like, I believe that Beaton and Moostike can do this. Oh, shit, we just forgot about Moostike. Jesus Christ. But I need to see it first. Once I, if the first round goes in a way where, like, it's like, oh, okay, this isn't the VL show, then I'll be like, okay, good. Also, uh, just to remind everyone, Harrop, if, if, Harrop podiumed. 
just to remind everyone, if Hoffa, no, uh, if Bial wins a championship this year, he has to go 450s next year. Yeah, he might want to sandbag that for a year. So that's interesting. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, and uh, I, I, th- I think... <sighs> anyway, we don't want to preview MX2 here, do we? We're doing that later no, on. No, I'm not. But all I would say is uh, there was a vision about the MXGP series and stuff like that, and I think it is coming to fruition. It came to fruition like five years ago. Well, I think it's even more so now. We're, we're seeing the, the harvest now of um, the, sows that were, were, the seeds that were sown. I, I do believe it, it's looking fucking good. And I mean, MXGP is, is rammed. MX2 is, is going to be fun. Right, uh, from Dutch Lewis, Henk Jan Lewis, biggest surprise of the weekend, Watson Wagon or Kevin Stripes? Stry boss. I was surprised by the Watson wagon because I'm bloody the Grand Marshal. Strybos, on the other hand, the boss returns. I have no idea, to be honest. Honestly, I have no words. You did text no him, didn't you? You say. did text him yeah, this week. What did you text him? Because he's always told me that this will probably be his last year, but he'll see how competitive he is. And while he went two-two at a French international behind Sewer, almost beating Sewer, only losing the first moto because a bat marker got in his way. So I just texted him on Sunday night. Well, I didn't even say hello. I just texted him and said, let's get a contract for 2022 signed now. <laughs> and then followed that up with, fuck it, let's do 2023 as well. <laughs> and your... then also I did say later on that it won't be long before a factory team recognizes him as a promising rising star. The comeback, the comeback king. Yeah, so I've got to say Strybos. It's good to see him back up at the front. When Strybos does retire... Remind me, because I don't think I don't think people are going to make a big, big enough deal out of it. So remind me, because I will. Okay, yeah. I'll, I'll, I'll get on that as well. I'll get a banner or something for the track. I'll do yeah. something. I'm such a nice guy. Yeah. I'll find, time, I'll, I'll find time between being the Grand Marshal to do that. Whatever. At Aston139, have you heard any rumours about this all-new Suzuki that's in the pipeline? Have you, Lewis? It doesn't sound... It's definitely not going to be 2022 now. It sounds like it's going to be 2023. And I haven't heard much other than it's going to have an electric start. But yeah, 2023 now. 2023, there's going to be a new Suzuki. Yeah, it was originally rumoured for... Well, it was initially planned for 2022, but that's a nor, nor now. Okay. 2023. And uh, I guess people are going to want to know 2022 race teams and MXGP or no? No. No. So it looks like Suzuki no. might bounce back in 2023. No. I wouldn't even say that. Okay. I would not link them having a new bike to coming back to MXGP in any shape or form. Okay. But we do fully expect Kevin Stroboss to be uh, the team owner. No. What are you on about? I'm just starting rumors. Okay. Well, that's not... Ignore James. Sorry, everyone. It's just, I told him at the beginning that he doesn't bring much information to this podcast, and so now he's making his own information. Sorry, everyone. I think he's a winner. I might do a bit more of that. At James underscore Chard, how on earth does Herlin's race with no tear-offs? Is he wiping from lap one? Tear-offs were banned at Ling. No idea why he didn't go with roll-offs. Yeah, he was wiping from lap one. I guess maybe it was in his plans to hold shot and piss off. Guessing that was kind of the game plan. I don't know. Weird. Strange. Mm. Good, good bit of uh, insight there from, from James underscore chart. 
At Lewis J eighty nine, is this you again, or is this? Uh, you can read these three questions in one because. Okay. How much is a ticket for the Watson train? What time does it leave the platform? At MX Woody 18, how many more members have joined the Watson wagon since Ling? At George Dengate 28, can I hop on the Watson wagon, please? This is getting out of control. Oh, oh, um, I have started something here. I, you know what? I've been thinking about this. I need to speak to Ben because I need to, we need to capitalize on this and do the Watson Wagon merch. Because I have started Watson Wagon, trademark Lewis Phillips, FYI. Oh. Everywhere you hear that, it came, first came out of my mouth. So trademark Lewis Phillips, 2029 to 2020. Or when did I first say it? 2020. Trademark Lewis Phillips, 2020. Watson Wagon, Grand Marshal, all of that. I reckon I need to, I reckon, I need to speak to Ben because I reckon we're kind of at a good position to do some Watson Wagon merch soon. I feel like we're... we're We've, we've built, I've built, the brand has been built quite well. But no, I had a lot of these messages. The reason I put those three questions in, because I thought I'd just put in a little sample of the many, many. I've got to be honest, many, I did see Twitter. And many I, texts, I, messages, I, I, calls. I replied to someone, I just said, I want to miss this week's podcast because it is going to be unbearable. But it's actually not as bad as I, I expected you to be. I actually, well, I, there's nothing for me to say other than I called it. I saw this coming. You're like, you, all of you people can just, you're the ones who need to talk about it because you're the ones who are surprised by it. Not me. I've seen this coming all along. Oh, oh, <laughs> I got so um, amped up then, but I smashed the all aboard button and somehow <laughs> at the same time I pressed two others. So I had three sound drops playing simultaneously. It was these, it was these two together. I probably shouldn't play it again. You're probably sick of all aboard. Yeah, we're all, fed, we're, we're all pretty fed up of, of you and your, your soundboard. Um, that's what I just play now at random points. Okay. <laughs> Uh, basically, we might as well just call this the Ben Watson Show because at Joe Newbury won, what is a realistic goal for Ben Watson in his rookie MXGP season? Well, I put this in because I wanted to, I've already said it, but I put this in because I wanted to say, don't change your expectations off a Ling because it's not fair. Still keep the rookie expectations because I think that's fair. Realistic goal, as I said last week, consistent top 10s. I think if the basis of the season is consistent top 10s, then that's a good season. If that's the basis of it, if at the end of the year you can say, yeah, there, were po- there was a podium, there were top fives, there were top sevens, but overall I was just a consistent top ten rider, good. I've just, told, I've just read 12 names, it's bloody mental. So I think that would be a good, nice season. You know, he's on a one, I think he's on a, uh, is he on a one-year deal or is there a second year? I think there's a second year option. Either way, I'd imagine there's ink drying somewhere very soon. Yeah, you've got to think that uh, Yamaha's going to want to keep hold of him as an asset. Uh, next question, read that quick. Okay. At SC underscore 351, after Ben's performance on Sunday, does he come away thinking of the MXGP championship or go in looking to be a solid top five guy? See, this is what I'm worried about. People like you, SC underscore 351, because this has changed. It wasn't long ago that everyone was telling me I was mental for being on the Watson wagon, and now we're getting questions like this, and I don't like it. I think to be fair enough, people actually do think you're mental. Not that fact about the Watson wagon, but crack on. No, but like just keep the, keep the expectations as they were before. Like Ling was great and 
Also, you've got a £50 bet with me that he's going to get one podium this year. Do you want to pay me now? Or... No, oh, I'm okay. I'm okay. Okay. I've also got bets on. I've also got that, that bet with other people in the paddock. So I'm going to be cashing in amazingly at the end of the year. <laughs> well, when he gets a podium. Yeah. Okay. Or alternatively, I could lose a lot of money, but we'll see. Yeah. I'll just put that question in because that proves I said I didn't want the expectations to change and it just shows that they are. You're kind of, in, in a way, you sound like I put that in. You're kind of manipulating this like this is the Lewis Phillips show, really. No, I just, that's an example of what people are now going to be mm. thinking. That's my point. Yeah. I'm like Mr. Munagi. Okay. Uh, at Jacob Randall, 89, do you know who Jacob Randall is? No. Why would no, I? He's, uh, he's in the British Youth Championship. We sponsor him. Oh, well. So, good, good work on that, Lewis. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Uh, sorry, Lewis, your phone's going. <laughs> I've got my, <laughs> my phone automatically links to my, po- my new podcast equipment. Okay, who do you guys, uh, at Jacob Rando 89 who do you guys predict to be a surprise in MXGP this year? I've said Jonas. I- I'm not going to say Watson because I've said that enough. Yeah. I've said Jonas a lot. So I feel like I've said that too much now. Like That's a boring answer. Try, boss. You know what? No. You, you were tempted to go with Kevin then, weren't you? No, I, well, I am tempted, but I'm not going to. Uh, I was going to say Lupino. Really? Uh, at Montevarchi, he went 2-3 to Koldanoff's 3-2. That was a surprise. I hear that he's going quite fast. Is it his, um, last, is it his I, last year? I, I got told in Trentino that there was a high chance he was going to retire at the end of last year. Well, so I would presume that this is his last year. Because this and, is where I was very confused because I thought... It, this was his last year. Uh, sorry, I, well, thought I, think... he, I thought he retired. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Um, no, him, him racing in America is a bucket list type thing. It's a... So well, this is his last hurrah, over. basically. No, no, but we're getting... It might not be, but we're getting nearer that, yeah. Hmm. Was he 31? 31? Oh, who knows? I think he's honest. 31. Who knows? He's cracking on, though. Anyway, I was just thinking, you know, there's a blind nun who sews the future into things when she knits. Uh, no, but please tell me more about your blind nun. Well, I reckon I'm the second coming of her. <laughs> <laughs> Just you saying the word second coming would, yeah. Uh, I'm sure you've been the second coming a few times. I don't even know where to go that. Can we just please go back to Jacob Randall, 89? Who do you guys predict to be a surprise? I Why, who have you said? Lupino. Oh, you're going Lupino. Okay. No, Watson was my first pick. Jonas was my second pick, but I've said that a lot, so I'm now looking for someone else to say just to like give Jacob a bit of variety. Okay. Uh, well done. I'm not going to go Lupino. Uh, I am going to go Vlanderen. Yeah, see, I don't think Vlanderen would be a surprise. Like, if he gets on the podium, I feel like we would expect that, no? Nope. I know. I think. Oh. I think being on a a satellite team uh, and mixing it with the factory boys, I think that would be that'd be big, big, mm. great way, way to tail off. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. I think I'm going Vlandering. Next question. I've got good vibes about Vlandering this year. 
At Caveman MX, why are wildcards allowed to take points at a British Championship round? I had this question a lot on Sunday, and I don't know why, because this isn't a new thing. I probably had it like eight or nine times. Like, why are, why are Ben and Hurlins keeping points for the British Championship? Like, why, are, why aren't they like just taken out of the results so that like Tommy gets the second moto win points? Wise, but it's always like every championship anywhere. The wild, like you race who you race, whoever shows up. Yeah, that's kind you of race like a, you race. That's like a schoolboy motocross thing. Oh yeah, they do take the visitors out, don't they? Yeah, yeah. If you're yeah, a visitor, um, but I don't think. Yeah, that I'm, I'm and... sure that if you told Tommy right now that he would be given the twenty-five points for the second moto, he'd fucking love it. Because, well, no, I was gonna no. I th- if you went, oh yeah, yeah we're like, gonna... it's nice for that. That's better than me hundred quid. If they. If if we if someone said to him, "Oh, we're taking yeah, we're going to act like Ben and Jeffrey weren't there, and we're just going to give you twenty five points for the second moto," I'm sure that even he would be like, "But nah, he fucking like, love I it. got beat. He'd love it. He'll no, li- I don't think so. He'll listen to this and go. He'll listen to this and go. Yeah, fucking, I would. I'd have it. Uh, I reckon. It, I reckon he'd be like, "Well, but I, but I came third. Like, I didn't. I didn't beat. Him. Nah, he'd be I like, fuck it. Like, I don't. I don't think so. I think he would. Racers race. Yeah, bollocks." He's old now anyway. What's he like? He's older than me. Uh, He'll take those 25 points. Happily. Hmm. Mark, MX153. Can Prado seriously compete in the MXGP Championship against Herlins and Geyser? I thought he showed he could at the end of last season, but do you think he can over all 20 rounds? It's a hell yes for me. Yeah, I think he definitely can. I think I just need to get my ass into gear and start like, Getting more hyped on it, hyped on him. I don't know why I'm not. I because I was hyped. I, I something's happened in in the off season that's made me just like forget. I don't know. Alzheimer's probably. Um, but I'll say this: if Prado came out and won the first round, I would actually be surprised. And that's ridiculous because why? Why should I be surprised? But I feel like I, that would be a surprise to me. What Prado um, on hardback winning? Well, no, not, not, no, I just mean generally. Like, if Prado comes out and wins the first round, I'd be like, oh, oh, yeah, him. All right. Well, here's something what we haven't discussed. What if Prado takes the first two hard pack in, in, in the first two sand races? Well, I didn't, I didn't put him in that, I didn't put him in that little breakdown because he's just like good everywhere, isn't he? Yeah. So I would argue that similar Geyser needs even more, makes it more important for Geyser to get points on the board early on those hard pack tracks to also build that cushion over Prado. Yeah. Although this is, I'm sure someone's listening to this thinking, but Geyser won Lommel last year and he was amazing. Yes, he was 100%. But again, like I feel I just, we don't have much data. Like Herlins wasn't there. So now so to, you're um, not being a, you know, discredited. No, I'm just thinking like, like Hurlings we, might we, have still beat him that day. We shouldn't, because that person's No, I'm just saying... trying to break down the strengths and weaknesses. Hmm. Wow. Well, okay. And that's it. Thank you very much for Liat, for sponsoring the Liat Ask Advice Anything. Known for producing the world's most effective neck braces, Liat continues to evolve and can now protect riders from head to toe. No matter whether it's the new 2021 4.5 boot, which offers advanced technology at a mid-range price point, or the all-new 7.5 helmet with 360 turbine technology and free bulletproof velocity goggles. Liat has you covered. Shop Liat's extensive line of off-road gear on www.liat.com. Woo! We good, Lewis? Good for what? 
Should we just run on now and into the game? Uh, yeah, sure. But do your little prox read. Okay, um, we're gonna. I'll do my little prox read. Uh, we're just gonna roll on through. Huge thank you to Prox Performance Parts, the sponsor in the final part of the MXY show. They supply genuine replacement products which meet or even exceed OEM quality. All parts are manufactured to highest quality standard at state-of-the-art manufacturing facilities around the world. Hence why everything that Prox racing parts offer exceeds the highest level requirements that all motocross riders require. Many of the Prox parts are actually made by the same suppliers to the OEMs. Head to pro-x.com now to learn more. I've actually got a meeting with Anton this week, which would be quite cool. I was texting Anton last night. Yeah, I was ah, texting cool. him last night because he likes me more than you now. No, he fucking doesn't. He, he, he just says that, but he thinks you're a dick. That's funny because you just said he hasn't, you haven't spoken to him in months. Well, I emailed him yesterday and we're, 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 we've got a meeting tomorrow okay. where we'll talk about you. And I'll just try and apologize for just you. So big thanks to, to Prox. So do you want to do this game? No, first we better do the Planet Motor Bombshell of a week. I literally give you a document before every show and you just seem to ignore it. Like right below you, I'm looking at it right now, right below your prox read is the Planet Motor Bombshell of a week. Do you know what happened to Max last week? Were you a week before? Max. Flint from Planet Motor. Yeah, you probably need to clarify that because everyone just put, like me, everyone just probably thought you were talking about Max Anstey. He had his motorhome nicked, bike, everything, whole lot gone. Boom. Managed to get the motorhome back, um, but bike's gone. So um, we're going to hook him up with some um, little bits of kit. Just oh, get him going. Nice. nice. Yeah. So, um, yeah, keep your head up, Max. Bomb show of the week. Uh, is, is Watson going to take that away as well? No. Bomb show of the week. What have you got? I feel like there's been quite a few this show. Well, Watson beating uh, Hurlins one-on-one. I think that's kind of a big one. That's kind of a bombshell, I, w- I would say. Okay, what can you trump that bombshell with? Oh, that's me. Thunder. Bombshell of the week, B. Um, no, I don't want to do that. Um, oh, but do I? No, I don't want to. I don't want to. That's not, that's not fair for me to do that. Um, no, I've not got one, so maybe we'll just go with that. Well, that was poor. <laughs> That was proper for. Yeah, I'm drawing a blank, to be honest with you. Yeah, I'm drawing a blank. Okay. Well, uh, thanks for, for you know, <laughs> giving so much to that segment. As, you know, Max yeah, is going to um, be very happy with, with you bringing that to the, okay. the table. All right. Hold on. All right. Hold on. Your Planet Motor Bombshell of the Week is that. The MX2 class was first introduced in 2004, right? Since then, is this a fucking stat? Since then, 567 MX2 motos have been run. That's since 2004. KTM, just KTM, so not Husqvarna, not Gasgas. KTM have won 342 of those 567 motos, so 63%, and and 179 of the 284 rounds, MX2 rounds, that is. And like I say, that's just KTM. So if you want to um, mix Husqvarna stats in there, then Austria have been even more dominant dominant in the uh, 250 class. I actually regret asking you now. 
Right. Again. Well, you've in the past you have asked a lot of questions about whether this game can be about current events because you well, I haven't been you know a lot about current, current events. events. So, now it's time to find out. Armour, you smarter than a birth. Armour recognised a void in the marketplace and created a complete line of nutritional supplements formulated especially to help athletes and enthusiasts of all levels realise their maximum potential. Armour's products were developed and tested in real-world conditions by an all-star team of athlete owners that includes Jeremy McGrath, Chad Reed, and Nick Way. Armour Sport is now available in Europe and the UK, as you would have seen on the MX5 social media channels. If you want to get hooked up with Armour, send me a message and I'll send you a special link. Sweet as. Leave nothing on the table. Choose Armour. Unless you're just doing a readout. So, five questions, six points on the table. You need a total of four points to win. Yep. The, the oldest question on here is 2015. Okay. It's a very okay for you. I'm liking yep. my odds already. Question one. Roman Fevre won his first MXGP title in 2015. Who finished second in the championship that year? Hmm. I'm going to go... Desal. That's wrong. It was Gautier Paulin. Hmm. French one too. I was going to, as I was reading that out, I almost changed and said Roman Fevre won his first MXGP title in 2015. When did he win his second? And see what, just watched your brain explode. So, no points, no points. Question two. Who rode for Claudio Di Carli's side of Red Bull KTM in 2015? Uh, mm. Tommy Searle. Yes. Boom. There are other writers. Oh, I thought you just wanted one. No, obviously not. Why, why, why would that That'd be a shit question? Because you could just say the obvious. Okay, uh, the other one's Kenda Diker. Is that your final answer? Yeah. Okay, that's wrong. You missed Caroli. <laughs> oh, I didn't know. I thought you wanted Caroli's teammates. No, I said who rode for Claudio Di Carli's side? Of course of it's going to be... Of course it's going to be Caroli. Mm-hmm. I, didn't, I didn't say Caroli because I thought you just wanted to know his teammates. That wasn't a question. Do I give you the point? Fucking right you do. Mm. Mm. I don't know. It's, that's a tricky one because it's not... I read the question perfectly fine, so it's not right, my so was So was the Diker and Cyril correct? Yes. Yes. And Caroli. Yeah. Well, uh, fucking Caroli's obvious, you prick. Okay, could you just give me a second... Uh, the judges are just going to convey. What the hell is that? <laughs> okay, the judges are back. <laughs> that was a little hold. <laughs> that was a little holding so music. I seriously, fucking hell. What a week. <laughs> it's <was> Wednesday. <laughs> that was just a little hold music while the judges conveyed. We're going to give you the point. I should think you would, because if not, I would fucking run to fucking Worthing now and headbutt you. <laughs> I could actually hear. When I started playing that, I could hear the confusion in your voice. I was like, what is this? Who, question three, one, yeah. one, one all at a moment, one point gained, one point lost. 
Question three. <laughs> Who was the 2019 EMX 250 champion? 2019. 2019 EMX 250 champion. Hmm. It was the year before Moostoke. Hmm. Hang on, was Moostoke? Sorry, yeah. I was on my phone. What's uh, Rowan van Moostoke? He won it in Udvella. That's true. That's correct. Boom. That's two points so far. You need four to win, and there are three up for grabs. Okay. Question four. How many times has Jeremy Sewer finished second in the World Championship? Twice. It's incorrect. What? Four times. Four times? Two in MX2, two in MXGP. You, I thought you said MXGP. I, you need to listen to the questions. How many times has Jeremy Sewer finished second in the World that Championship? Is, that is bollocks. Hold on. Hold on. That Hold is on. bollocks. Okay, can you give me a second? The judges want to convey. Fuck are you. Then put that bit on. Honestly. <laughs> if I turn up next week, it'd be a fucking miracle. <laughs> <laughs> First, where did you find that music? What the hell is it? Oh. Honestly, I don't get paid enough to do this. I actually didn't even get paid. Okay. Um, the judges have decided to give you... The judges have decided to give you the point. Because it doesn't really make a difference in the grand scheme of things because you still need right. to get this question five right one way or another. <sighs> okay. <laughs> Try and compose yourself. <laughs> Stay away from that fucking soundboard. <laughs> it's just the fact that the music comes on so like abruptly. <laughs> like there's no build up to it. Like as that one came on, you could just hear no don't and then it just it was off. <laughs> I actually know people that I can relate to by listening to that music. I literally, when I see them, it's not even a hello. It's just like... Bleh! Right. Question five. Two points on the table here, if you get it right. It's a big one. I'm not going to lie, but it's on current events. And seeing as it's such a big one, I'm going to give you double the time. Okay. Uh, is You're going right... to need to write stuff down. Okay, write a type. Okay, it's right. a big one. It is a big one. I'm sort of like, but it's current events, so I thought it was okay. Um, let me just get my bit of paper. Right. So I'm gonna I'm gonna give you double the time here. Okay. Are you ready? Yeah, ready. And as always, uh, don't speak until you are asked to speak. Just work out in silence. There will be that. 18 former Grand Prix winners on the MXGP starting line this year. List all of them. Fuck off. 18. <laughs> there will be 18 former Grand Prix winners on the starting line in Russia. You're such a List dick. all of them. Well, no, why, why I don't you I just was... say 10 of 18? Because why, 10 is obvious. Every single one. Because 10 is obvious, Hurlins. Like, you can get to 10 easily. Anyway, start your working out. Remember, you get double the time. So we're going to just loop this 
loop this round. Ready? Um, <laughs> yeah. Your time starts now. Eighteen. Uh, Three hundred and eight Grand Prix wins in total on the MXGP starting line shut in Russia. Up, you I'm talking to the people who are listening. All of these, um, all of these riders are healthy. They will be on the starting line in Russia, so that will help James a bit. That isn't the end. He gets double the time this week. He gets double the time this week. So let's go again. It should be quite simple for him because, like I said, there's a good. There's probably twelve names on this list that are completely obvious. And to be honest, there's no real shocking ones anyway. Um, actually, to be fair, it's a really easy list. The only... Um, and also, fun little fact for you. That's your time up. Okay. I kind of run out of time to give people my fun little fact. It's a shame. Fun little fact, though. See it while we're here. Kevin Schreiber, uh, 18 Grand Prix winners on the starting line in Russia. Uh, Kevin Schreiber and Sean Simpson are the only ones out of those 18 riders to not win a GP in MX2. Everyone else won an MX2 GP at least. Anyway, uh, go slow so here what because you're saying that to... Strybos hasn't won an MXGP. Oh, Grand bloody, I've just, given you, I've just given you two names. Of I thought he went 3-3. Yeah, he did win. I'm saying he never won an MX2. I'm saying that, that it, 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 nothing to do with your question. It was a fact for the people listening. I forgot that you were listening. Fucking hell. It's just confusing me now. Um, okay, right. Speak. I've got 18 names to cross off here, so speak slowly. Go. Okay, Prado. Geyser. Correct. Correct. Koldenhoff. Correct. Strybos. Correct. Sewer. Correct. Caroli. Correct. Febre. Correct. Uh, Van Horbeek. Correct. Uh, Herlins. Correct. Tonus. One, two, three. Oh, uh, correct. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven to get. Eight to get. Uh, Leoc. No. He's retired. Are you sure? Yes, yes, he's retired. Are you really sure? Yes, he's retired. Hmm. Jonas? She said... Oh, yep, correct. Um, I said one of the names by accident just before you started reading them out. Oh, Simpson. Correct. Choo choo. Uh, but he hasn't won MXGP. GP. No, GP, a Grand Prix winner. Choo choo. Oh, I'm thinking of fucking MXGP. <laughs> well, I don't know why you you'd be, be thinking that because Jonas, Jonas has never won an MXGP overall. So you've just said Jonas. So I don't know where you're getting that from. And neither has Tonus for that matter. So if that's what you were oh, thinking, okay. you're right. Gu Guillo. So Correct. Guillo. Uh, I think maybe Boutron did with a 1-3 in Matley. Incorrect. Oh, okay. Um, 
Ultron won a moto in Brazil in 2013, but never an overall. Olsen. Correct. Uh, who else has come up? Blanderin. Correct. Uh, Jacoby. No, never won a GP. Jacoby's never won a GP? Never won a GP. Okay. Bogus. No, never won a GP. Ooh, double fuck I. Um, uh, Patrell. Correct. There are one, two, two to get. Two to get. Damn it. One of them. Actually, I shouldn't give you a clue. Well, you could do. That'd be nice. Well, I don't know if you've said this one because you haven't actually said his name. Okay. Well, give me a clue. Choo Choo? Oh, Ben Watson. Yeah. Because I didn't know if you, because you can't, I said Choo Choo yeah, and think, then you questioned it. Yeah, I did question say his name. it. Yeah. So yeah, Watson, I've done Olsen. One more. I've done Olsen. I'm trying to think who else has won a... You've done Patrell, Tonus, Guio, Fevera, Coldenoff, Watson, Sewer, Caroli, Prado, Herlins, Olsen, Van Horvick, Simpson, Jonas, Flanderin, Strybos, Geyser. I can't think of the last one. Uh... I'm probably going to have to I mean I did give you extra time so I'm probably going to have to cut you off at some point so close to winning the game for the second time I'm going to go Mitch Evans he's never won a GP not MX2 nope bollocks is that it yeah I can't I don't think so so close nope never won a GP so close 6A that's correct! Yes! 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 <laughs> what did you just pull up? Because you started reading out names. Uh, no, well, do you know what? I had the MXGP stand-ins coming up for the last year's GP. Well, that's so I could allowed. think of the names. Only, only because I needed the names. But I yeah, was but looking, you... I overlooked 6A because I thought it was MXGP wins. Well, you, I, I don't know why you say that, because you, before, you, before I clarified with you, again, apparently you don't understand any question ever, you already said Jonas and Tonus, and neither of those riders have won MX2, MXGP over. Well, I fucking thought they did, didn't I? So, there we go. Tonus has only ever won one GP. I know, but I, I thought, I don't know whether it was Spain, Portugal, he, he went on a really good run in, in 19. And I, I just thought he had, he, he had a win. So, those eighteen riders, um, three hundred and eight GP wins between them. Wow. One for Patrell, one for Tonus, three for Guio, two for Tixier, fourteen for Fedor, five for Goldenoff, two for Watson, six for Sewer, ninety-two for Crowley, thirty-four for Prado, ninety for Hurlings, five for Olsen, two for Van Horbeck, four for Simpson, eleven for Jonas, one for Vlanderin, six for Strybos, twenty-nine for Geyser. For the second time in history. I can give you this. Yes. That's that your second good. win in history. That feels good. I think I mean, it's going to be a good day. You know, I just question, obviously, is this a legit win? Because two of your points had to come from a judge's ruling. Uh, I, think, I think let the people decide. Let the people decide on Twitter whether I won that game or not. 
Let like, judge. It wasn't fully legit, was it? Because like two, two, two of your points came from the fact that the judges, even though you didn't actually say it correctly, the judges just decided to give you. If anything, I should be given an extra point for having to put with that shit music. Would you like it again? No. Okay. I'm I'm taking the win. Uh, okay. Unless the people out there don't want me to take the win, but I want them to listen and see if if. You know, I was right. Uh, everyone's very pro James as opposed to pro Lewis, so I'd imagine that they'll support you. Like I said, let's 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 let the people decide. If the people feel that I warranted that win, then I'm happy to take the win. If they feel that uh, I'm just you know just taking credit where credit is not due, then I'm happy to leave that win. So you know, don't feel sorry okay. for me. Yep. Okay. I, I want I want to win based on 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 actually you okay. know, winning. Thank you, thank you. Thanks for playing, James. Thanks. Okay. Well, there we go. That was it. The armor you smarter than a birth. And if you are looking for armor, there is uh, it is available on evenstrokes.com. And this week you can get a free water bottle with every order of reload, blitz, or fire. So there we go. A little heads up. So, Lewis, uh, anything else you want to add to this week's podcast? Uh, no, next week we'll do the second half of MXGP. Um, and then the week after that, we'll do Russia preview and MX2 preview. Cool. There you have it, people. I actually wish we'd done that the other way around. I wish we'd started with MX2 this week. I got a bit excited. Yeah, you did. So, what are you up to this week? Any plans? Not a lot. No, not really. Researching some more sound bites? No, I don't really research soundbites. Okay. I've just seen that you've done a lot of editing on the, wag, the, the Watson Wagon soundbite, so... Yeah, because everybody needs more stats in their life. Yeah, I need, to, I, kind of, I need to come up with some more topics for stats. I think one of the stats that I'll probably do uh, today, actually, is um, last time that... Last time that uh, MXGP rookie, who was British, one in their first year was Billy McKenzie in 2007. So Watson would be the first British rookie since him to do that. Okay. Now we have it. Last time that there was a Danish MXGP winner was Brian Jorgensen in 2005. So Olsen could refresh that stat this year. Follow MX Vice on Instagram because to build the MXGP hype, I'll be uh, loading some stats into there as mm. days goes on. Or if uh, you get bored of that, then follow my Instagram where I'm usually taking a piss out of Lewis, which is quite funny. Prado has raced 73 Grand Prix in his life. He's won 34 of them. That's 46% win rate. That's quite good. For so early in his career, that's quite impressive. Like that could push 60 soon enough if he gets on a bit of a roll. Mm-hmm. There we go. Just, I'm, just, I'm starting to fall asleep now uh, with your stats. So uh, let's call it a day. You know, I want to go out on top. Um, and a huge thank you to Fly Racing, Liat, Planet Motor Holidays, Prox Racing Parts, Technical Touch, KYB, Even Strokes, MXGP TV, Backyard Design UK, Asterisk, Arma, and Blenzel Oils. Really hope you enjoyed the 69th, 69er episode MXY show. So uh, on that note, say bye, Lewis.
See ya. You are listening to the MX Vice Show. Even Strokes is the newest e-commerce store in motocross. Built by motocross enthusiasts, Even Strokes understands your need and offers all of the products you need for a weekend at the track. Shop now for Yoko, Alpine Stars, Fast House, and more at evenstrokes.com. Escaping everyday life and riding in Spain has never been better, and you can still experience that right now. Planet Moto still have packages available, plus customizable options with the Planet Moto Academy. If you want to hit the tracks like Red Sand as soon as possible, visit planetmoto.co for more information. Known for producing the world's most effective neck braces, Liat continues to evolve and can now protect riders from head to toe. No matter whether it is their new for 2021 4.5 boot, which offers advanced technology at a mid-range price point, or the all-new 7.5 helmet that comes with free Liat bulletproof velocity goggles, Liat has you covered. Shop Liat's extensive line of off-road gear on www.liat.com. For over 60 years, Blenzel Racing Caster has been the secret choice for many championship-winning riders and engine builders. From top tuners like Terry Varner and factory-level riders like Michael Essie, who won the 2020 two-stroke world championship using Blenzel, nothing out-lubricates or outperforms Blenzel's full line of caster-based two-stroke oil. From the original green label racing caster to the 455 Ultra or the versatile gold label, Blenzel has you covered. To learn more about Blenzel's rich heritage or to shop Blenzel's full line of 2T and 4T racing lubricants, visit Blenzel.com and follow them at Blenzel on Instagram. Instagram. You are listening to the MX Vice Show.